This is HPR episode 2011 entitled Introduction to SED, Part 4, and is part of the series Learning SED. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 48 minutes long. The summary is how SED really works. Less frequently used SED commands. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello everyone, this is Dave Morris. This is episode four in the series I've called An Introduction to Said. It's a bit more than an introduction, but uh, that's what I thought it was going to be when I started. Anyway, hope you're still with me. So in the last episode, we looked at some commands, some said commands other than the S command we'd spent a couple of episodes looking at. And we looked at how you address lines when you're writing a, share, a, a script for, for said. So in this episode, we're going to look at how said really works. We've not really gone into the, the guts of it. And we're going to have a look at some more said commands so that we're in a position to uh, build some useful said programs if possible. So let's look at what said is actually doing in, in a bit more detail than we've done so far. I mentioned the pattern space where said holds the incoming data in the in episode one and this is where the data is held a line from a from whatever file it's reading this is where it's held while commands are being executed on it remember the 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 thing we mentioned about this i'm going to expand on this a little bit there's also another buffer or another space for holding data which is called the hold space so when we looked at the pattern space before i didn't really explain what it was in great detail. We just looked at it from the point of view of it holding the current line from the input stream. But it's actually a buffer, a storage area that can hold an arbitrarily large amount of data. It usually holds just the input line, I have to say, the way that most people use said. Um, But it can hold a lot more, which we'll see today. So just to clarify what is happening within said as it's processing the the data that it's uh, working on. A line is read from the input stream. We knew that already, obviously. Then the trailing new line is removed, if there is one. And the result of that process is stored in the pattern space. Then all of the commands making up the said script, which, as you know, can be provided through the command line or through files or whatever. And these are all executed with regard to whatever the addressing specifications are. So certain lines won't fire until you hit a certain line address and so forth. When the command execution is all finished, the pattern space is printed to the output stream and and trailing new lines added to it if one was removed. 
I don't know how you test that actually. I don't know how you make lines without trailing new lines, but uh, that's probably just my ignorance of Unix. And remember that we looked at the minus N option to the command line, which switches off the auto printing that I just referred to. Then the cycle begins again after the, the line's been printed or not, or a new line's been grabbed. And um, the, the pattern space is always cleared before a line is read in the normal course of events. But there are ways in which you can prevent that. Now the hold space is a separate buffer, storage buffer of the same sort to the pattern space. And it's not affected by the, the read and write cycle that I've just described. So the data that you put in the hold space stays there till said exits or until you've you delete it explicitly. There are commands that allow you to move data to and from the hold space. So let's look at some of the commands. And what I'm doing here is I'm following the GNU said manual, which has a section entitled Less Frequently Used Commands. And I'm looking at some of these. I'm not going to cover them all. Some I'll cover today and there will be some others will be in the next episode. Some I won't cover at all though. We start with the Y command. That's just a simple letter Y and it's followed by a delimiter which is by default is a slash, then a sequence of characters, then a slash and another sequence of characters and a closing slash. The first sequence of characters is called the source characters, the second sequence is called the destination characters. So what this does is it causes uh, said to run through the pattern space and it transliterates or transforms characters. It looks for any that match the source character list, and it turns them into the corresponding character in the destination character list. So if it's if the source list contains A, B, C, and the destination contains D, E, F, then every A will be turned into D, for example. When we looked at the S command a bit later on in that uh, in that series of talking about it, we spoke about how you can change the delimiters that separate the, the parts of that command. Well, it's the same with the Y command. If you use something other than a slash as the first delimiter, then that, that's not a, not a problem. If you actually want to have the delimiter that you're using within either of the strings, you have to precede it with a backslash. The two lists have got to be the same length the source character list and the destination character list must be the same length. Otherwise, how could it work? You know, uh, the Y command is looking for a character and when it finds one, it's looking for the corresponding character in the destination list. There are no flags for the Y command. So I've got some examples and what I've done is to make a, a simple said script which processes the first two lines of the said underscore demo onetxt file and it processes them through a Y command. And the Y command, uh, the source list is all of the lowercase vowels, and the destination list is the same vowels but shifted by one vowel. So A-E-I-O-U becomes E-I-O-U-A. So if I just read out the command, it is said space minus N-E space open quote 1 comma 2 remember that means on lines 1 and 2 open curly bracket which is the start of a group of commands and we've got this y slash a e i o u slash e i o u a slash and then we've got a semicolon and a p close curly bracket close quote 
space said underscore domo1.txt. So what that's that's doing is it's applying the y command to every to, to the first two lines, to every character on lines one and two, and then it's printing the result. So what you get is instead of hacker public radio, etc. I'm not going to read this out because this is really silly. Is hacker Pablock re redo and uh, and stuff like that. This amuses me. I'm a very small mind, a childish mind, obviously. But uh, anyway, it, it it demonstrates the point. I've got another one of a similar nature as a second example. So in this case, I'm using NL. Remember the NL command we used before, which is uh, number lines, and it numbers the lines in the the same file said underscore demo one dot txt, and uh, it uh, feeds that to said. And in this particular case, we have two Y commands in two groups. We're using the the one tilde two expression, addressing expression, meaning start on line one and then go two lines after that. So it will go every odd line. We're doing one transformation in that case. And we've got another one that starts at line two and then goes every every second line. So that'll be every even line. And we're doing a different transformation. And I've got a different uh, delimiter for the, the second Y command. I'm not going to read this all out because it's really long. And I think that um, you should should be able to get some sort of idea from what I've just said. Uh, but there's an example that shows that it's actually working its way through the, f the entire uh, file, doing different transformations to every other line. Again, it's doing this vowel twiddling business. So the next command is the equals command. This is a GNU said extension, and it causes said to print out the line number, the current line number from the input stream, that is, followed by a new line. So this is this is merely said counting the lines as they're coming in, in in its cycle of bringing lines in and putting them in the pattern space and so on. The equals command can be preceded by any of the address types, as could the y command, just to think about that. I didn't emphasize that in the notes properly. So I've got an example here using the equal command to print out the number of the last line of the input file. So it's said demo one again, and the the said expression, the said command script, if you like, is simply dollar equals. So that means do nothing at all except on the last line print out the line number. So the answer is thirteen, which we saw in episode one when we were using the. Um, WC command to do the same thing. So said's perfectly capable of doing this by itself. The next example I've got prints out the line number but then it follows it by the line. And I just wanted to to point out to you that the line number is always followed by a new line. So you see the, the line number then you see the line. And this is a said space minus NE space then the, the script. And the script is in quotes dollar open curly bracket equals semicolon p close curly bracket quote so that's going to do the same thing as before except it will print out the line as well so you see 13 on one line and detail on a topic which is the last line of uh, said demo one on the next line it is not straightforward to put the line number on the front of a line within said it is possible but it's very 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 convoluted i don't even think i'm going to cover it uh, in this series Basically, because there's better ways of doing it, I suppose, given that we've got commands like NL. So the last example in the talking about the equals command is just pointing out that 
if you use the minus s option to the command you uh, will get and you feed it two commands feed said to two files i should say then you're going to get two ends if you approach give it the same script so i've got said space minus s n e space then the same script that we had before dollar curly bracket open curly bracket equals semicolon p close curly bracket quote and we're giving it said demo one said demo two as the input file so we the answer we get is 13 followed by detail on a topic followed by 26 followed by contribute one show a year so it's it's operated on the two files because it's treated them separately. So now we're going to look at a group of commands that operate on the pattern space. Okay, what we've been doing so far also operates on the pattern space, but these are some some special commands. I guess you could say that these are commands that you n you're not going to use all that often unless you're really into heavy said programming. So there's four commands here. The first one is the D command. I'm not going to give any examples until the end here because you really need to be using them together. They don't really do very much on the, on their own mostly. So the D command, it deletes from the pattern space and it's related to the lowercase d. This is the uppercase d, I should have said. It's, it's related to the lowercase d command, which we've already seen. But it assumes that the pattern space has multiple new lines in it and it deletes up to the first new line. Then, and this is where it's different, the cycle is restarted using the resulting pattern space but without reading any input. So D does a thing to the pattern space and then doesn't read more and goes back again to the start of all the, the said scripts. If there is no new line in the pattern space, then the whole thing is deleted and a new cycle is begun with a new input line being read. So in this case, the capital D command behaves just as the lowercase d command does. And you can proceed D by any of the address types we've already seen. Then we have the, the capital N command. And this one adds the next line of input to the pattern space preceded by a new line. So it's going to append it to the pattern space. If there's no more input when the N command goes to grab input, then said exits without processing any more commands. So it needs some quite careful use, this. I, I, I don't personally find it all that useful. I'm a bit of a, a said newbie, I suppose, so I, I tend not to, to do stuff at this level all that often. But uh, it's, um, it's, it's quite an advanced command. Then there's a capital P command, and that prints out the contents of the pattern space up to the first new line. Again, it's assuming that there is a pattern space that contains multiple lines separated by new lines and it it prints out the first chunk so you could do you could use the p command and the d command to um to to sequentially print out parts of the the pattern space then there's the lowercase l command which personally i find to be a lot more useful when you're trying to uh, work out what a said script is doing and it prints out what's currently in the pattern space and it does it in a special way uh, it can be followed by a number I've represented it as L followed by N, where N is a number. The pattern space is dumped out in fixed-length lines, 
where that length is controlled by the numeric value of n. So it'll print, the, print them out and it will also include wherever there's a non-printable character like a new line or a tab or something it will show them as backslash n and backslash t and so forth and the end of each wrapped line ends with a backslash and the the actual end of the the line itself rather than the wrapping point ends with a dollar you can also control the width of the uh, what's printed out by the L command because there's a command line option minus lowercase l followed by a, a, a number or the alternative version of that is uh, minus minus line hyphen length equals and then a number and that provides a value if n is not provided with the L command the default value for the width is 70 and if you don't want any wrapping at all when you use this thing you can give a, a value of zero so you just get one very very long line or concatenate it together everything that's in the, the pattern space that is so I get I have now given an example of using the L command because that you can start to use that before you you can for you use any of the other commands uh, though it's not amazingly useful but I've demonstrated it by making it print lines one and two of said demo one with in a width of 80 so the script well the, let me give you the whole line said space minus ne space open quote one comma two l lowercase l eight zero close quote and it's said demo one dot txt so all it really does here is to print out those two lines with a dollar on the end there are no new lines in them because it's it's reading one line at a time and printing them out. It's merely showing the dollar at the end. Now, the next example is using the n command to accumulate lines into the pattern space before dumping the result. So here I've got a said command, the full full command line command would be said space minus ne space quote one comma two, then open curly bracket capital N semicolon L close curly bracket quote and said demo one dot txt so what you see here is the first two lines of the file are actually printed out wrapping at 70 characters so the first line hacker public radio blah 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 ends with a backslash in the middle of a word and then the word continues on the next line then you've got a backslash N at the end of the word because the, the line was, was longer than 70. And so it goes on until the, there's another line break and then the final bit of the, the, the second line ends with a dollar. So that can be useful if you're trying to make a bit of said do stuff and you, you, you're struggling to understand what has accumulated in the pattern space. So I've got an example here of using the, the pattern space to construct a list it's an artificial example, as most of these things are, I guess. The principle of what I'm doing here is is I'm collecting ten words from the system dictionary, as I refer to it, user-share-dict words, and I'm massaging them a bit in a bash loop. Then I'm feeding them to said, um, and I'm telling it to accumulate them 
but only print me the last five. I could just have done five, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have made much of an example. So I've got a for loop, which iterates ten times using a variable i, and for each iteration I grab a word out of the, the dictionary using the shuff command. I've done this sort of thing before in other, other um, uh, shows I've done, and because a lot of words in this dictionary have end in uh, quote s, so they're possessive, I just uh, chop them off and echo the result, which is the index i followed by the word. So you can see, you know, this is word number one, two, three. So that's the end of the loop. Then I feed this just just from a point of interest into the t command t e e the t command um, is a, is is called, so called because it's like a, a t piece in a, in a bit of plumbing. Some of the, the 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 water goes one way and some of it goes the other way in the in the the t piece. So in Unix terms, t splits the data and sends some into a file. I've got the file slash tmp slash dollar dollar and it sends the rest through standard out into the next command in the pipeline. As an aside, whenever you use dollar dollar in bash and indeed uh, just the straight um, shell, then dollar dollar means the current process ID number. So this generates a temporary file in the temp directory which will have the number of the uh, the current PID process ID. It's a constant throughout the particular session that you're using, so it's you know you can read and write that. But it's a, it's just a shorthand way of making a temporary file. Anyway, the re- the after the T command is another pipe symbol which feeds the result of all this lot into into said. I haven't explained this in in minute detail. I haven't read out every character, but uh, hopefully you'll you'll manage to uh, to deal with that. So the sed command, which I will read out in detail, is sed space minus e space open quote capital N semicolon 1,5d quote. And what that is doing is it's accumulating all 10 words into the, in 10 lines, perhaps a better way of putting it, into the pattern space. And then for lines 1 to 5 that it's receiving, it's simply deleting them. So at the end of all that lot, said will auto-print what's in the pattern space, which will be the last five lines of this uh, this sequence. And I made a temporary file here, just so you could go and have a look at it to see, to check that uh, the, the, the thing actually worked. See what it was before it was truncated, let's say. I made this into a file which is available as demo3.sh um, on the HPR site as part of this particular show. There's a link to it in the show notes to give you the full path if you want to download it and have a look at it. So the next batch of commands we're looking at today are for transferring to and from the hold space. I guess these come in pairs, really. Well, four of them do, anyway. Let's start with the lowercase h command. What this does is it replaces the contents of the hold space with the contents of the pattern space. So it deletes whatever was in the hold space beforehand and copies the pattern space contents in. But the pattern space will remain as it was. You can put any of the said address types in front of this command. Its counterpart is the capital H command. And instead of replacing 
contents of the uh, hold space, it appends the pattern space to the hold space, but it precedes it by a new line. It doesn't change the pattern space either, uh, in, but it obviously it appends to the hold space, so it changes that. And you can put usual address types on front of this command. The G command, lowercase g, is one which transfers the hold space into the pattern space, deleting the current contents of the pattern space. So it replaces the pattern space with the contents of the hold space. So the hold space won't be changed, but the pattern space will be replaced. And the two buffers will have the same content. This can be addressed in the... It can have addresses on it, just like the others. The capital G command, the counterpart of this, appends the contents of the hold space to the pattern space preceded by a new line. So you can see that's the sort of corresponding thing, but it also corresponds to the capital H command. Then the final one in this group of five is the lowercase x command. And what that simply does is it swaps the, or exchanges the contents of the hold and pattern spaces. So neither are destroyed, they're, they're, they're swapped, they're exchanged. So we'll start looking at some examples of how um, how to use these things shortly, but I wanted to talk about some of the, the flags and modifiers that are relevant now, which I skipped out in uh, episodes one and two, when I was talking about the S command and addresses and so forth in episode three. One of the missing flags to the S command was capital M, and there's also a lowercase m version of it which is synonymous. Remember capital I and lowercase i meant the same thing? don't even know why they both exist, but uh, same here with the M. Capital M and lowercase m mean the same thing. And there's also a modifier, which is a thing that affects the regular expression address matching, which is a capital M. There isn't a lowercase m, same as, same as with the i as well. Uh, again, the logic of this is a little strange to my, my mind. Anyway enough of that. What does it mean? Well, it means multi-line, and it's useful in the case where you're using a regular expression to match the pattern space, and it contains more than one line. It's a GNU extension. When the modifier is in place, then the circumflex matches the empty string after a new line, and the dollar matches the empty string before a new line. So if you've got multiple lines in your buffer, then these are a way of matching individual lines. It also allows you to use some special meta characters which match the beginning and the end of the buffer. And these are backslash, back quote, which is really... <laughs> you're running out of characters, I guess. So the back quote is the one that's on the top left of most keyboards and the, uh, the that's for the beginning of the buffer and backslash single quote matches the end of the buffer so i've got an example here where i'm using these these characters to um, demonstrate the point so my example is one where i've accumulated two lines in the hold space and have transferred them to the pattern space then use a, an S command, two S commands in fact, with with G modifiers, um, which are not not net needed in this particular example, but I'm doing them anyway because it's uh, we'll come on to that in a minute. But um, what I'm doing is I'm putting a square bracket, an open square bracket at the beginning, and a closed square bracket at the end. 
So let me read out the said command, the command line stuff. So that would be said space minus NE space quote one comma two capital H. So that means for each line in the range one to two, append the line to the whole space. Remember the append to the whole space means you proceed it with a new line. So after after the capital H I've got a semicolon, then a two, so that means for line two, do a group. The group begins with a curly, open curly bracket, lowercase g, semicolon, s, slash, circumflex, slash, open square bracket, slash, g, semicolon, s, slash, dollar, slash, close square bracket, slash, g, semicolon, p, close curly bracket. So let's summarize that. What it's saying is on line two, do these commands. The line, on line two, we're to use the G command, and you remember that the lower, sorry, I, I forget to mention what case it is, lowercase G command is replace the pattern space with the contents of the hold space. So we've accumulated two lines in the hold space by the time this group is being executed. So we then grab those two lines, stick them in the pattern space. We then run the two S commands, which replace the beginning of the buffer with an open square bracket and the end of the buffer with a closed square bracket. We haven't used the, the capital M modifier here at all. So we're operating on at the buffer level. Having done that, the lowercase p command will print out whatever's there. And because there's no instructions as to what to do with the rest of the, the lines, and we're not in auto print mode, that's all you'll see. So when you look at the output from this, and this is using said demo one again, the output consists of a, an open square bracket on a line by itself, followed by the first line of the file, followed by the second line of the file with a closed square bracket on the end of that. That's because there's an extra new line at the start of the pattern space due to the way that the H command does its thing. So that just shows that in this mode of operation, there's one beginning and end in this buffer. So if we do the same again, but we modify the S commands with the capital M flag, flag and modifier mean the same thing really in this context. But I don't even know why they, why they separate the names, to be honest. Anyway, the command is exactly the same, except that each of the S commands ends with a, a G followed by a capital M. And the result that you get is that the first line, which just contain a new line, if you remember, has got an open and closed square bracket. The second line has got an open square bracket on the front, a closed square bracket on the end, the same with the third line. So what this shows is that the circumflex and the dollar relate to the new lines that are in the buffer and surround each of the lines when they're printed out. If we'd wanted to signify the start and ends of the buffer, then we would need to use this backslash backquote and backslash quote sequences, meta characters. This is really hard to type on the command line because bash doesn't really deal with using the uh, delimiter of a string in the string very well. So what I've done is I've created a file which I've called demo4.sed and in it I've got some commands 
that do the same things we've already done, but using these beginning and end of buffer characters. You'll see, um, I've, in the example I've shown, what happens if you type cat demo4.sed, you can see its contents. It's the same um, set of commands, but laid out differently. And um, when you want to invoke it, you would type sed space minus n f space demo4.sed space said demo1.txt and the result that you get is the same as the first example the open square bracket occurs on the first line all by itself and the closed square bracket occurs at the end of the second line this file containing these commands is available if you want to download it and play around with it yourself um, and it's linked from the the show notes so i'm going to stop talking about said commands um, the new ones anyway at this point I'm not gonna not going to expand on any more just now, but I'm gonna dive into the examples and I've got a few examples here that try to demonstrate the use of these various commands. So example one is mainly to demonstrate how you could use the capital P command and the Y command. So if I summarize the the actual command that I'm using here. I've got uh, the the command line is sed space minus ne space quote open quote one comma two curly bracket open curly bracket s slash dollar slash backslash n hyphen slash semicolon capital P semicolon y slash a e i o u slash e i o u a slash semicolon lowercase p close curly bracket close quote and we're using said demo one dot txt so you probably didn't get most of that <laughs> so um hopefully you're able to look at the uh, the notes as i'm doing this what um what we're doing here is we've got auto printing switched off with the minus n and all of the commands that we've got here are in a group and they're controlled by an address range one comma two that just operates on the first two lines of the file all right now the first thing we do is to use an s command and what that does is for a, a given line it adds a new line at the end of it followed by a hyphen and it's doing that in the pattern space then the capital p command so uh, should stop and reiterate that by doing this we've now got in the pattern space a line the line has just been read from the input file and we've just added a new line to the end of it with a hyphen after so we've got effectively two lines in so the capital p command prints out the line that's um that's just been read in or it's just been edited effectively by adding a new line to the uh, to the end of it and but it only prints out up to the new line that we added so you see that in the output we see the first line of the file completely untouched and so on we don't see the hyphen because it's it's after the the new line and the capital p command prints up to the new line which you could say and including but uh, anyway i think in the it doesn't say but i think that, that that when the yeah when it says prints out up to the first new line i think it means up to and including the new line anyway so after that capital P command, we've got a Y command, which is doing this this silliness about twiddling with the, the vowels. So the line is still in the in the 
pattern space, we haven't deleted it because we've not restarted a cycle. We haven't explicitly deleted it, so it's still there. So we've just edited it with this Y command. And then, you know, as before, A becomes E and E becomes I and so forth. We then have the lowercase p, which says print out the contents of the pattern space, which it does, uh, but the pattern space holds a the original line that was read in with a new line after it and a hyphen after that. So you then see the transformed line followed by the hyphen. And because we've then finished that group of, of commands, a new cycle will begin and the next line will come in and then the same thing will be done all over again. The un unchanged line will be written out, then the transformation will be applied, that will be printed out with the hyphen after it, so uh, you can see. Again, most of my examples are fairly useless, but hopefully they help to explain what these commands are actually doing. Example 2 is demonstrating the H and the G, the capital H and the capital G command, which are twiddling around with the pattern and the hold space. I'll start by reading out the command line. This is quite a complex one, so uh, you'll need to, to look at it yourself, I think, to, to grasp it. We're operating on seddemo1.txt as usual. Seems to be the only example file we ever use. Sorry about that. Anyway, let's read the thing. Sed space minus E space quote one comma slash circumflex dollar slash curl open curly bracket capital H semicolon lowercase d close curly bracket semicolon dollar open curly bracket capital G semicolon s slash backslash n dollar slash slash close curly bracket close quote and then the name of the file. So we start off with an address expression that says one comma slash circumflex dollar slash. So that's every line from the first line to the first blank line. That is the one that just got a, a start and an end. Nothing else on it. So the first group of commands are to be run on those lines. And the group consists of a capital H command which appends the input line to the hold space with a new line in front of it. Then it's a D, a lowercase d command, which deletes that line from the pattern space, which prevents auto-printing of it. Remember, we've got auto-printing switched on. We didn't have a minus N here. So all of those lines are, print, are put into the, the hold space. Then all of the other lines in the file... There are no there are no there are no addresses that operate on those particularly. So all of those lines just get read in and then printed out in the normal way that uh, that said operates. Okay, and then the last group within the script begins with a dollar, which means do these on the last line, and it consists of a capital G, and what that does is it appends the hold space to the pattern space, but because when we put stuff into the hold space, we use the capital H command. That causes a, a new line to be to be added to the front of it. So after that G command, we do an S command, which finds a new line, backslash N, in front of a dollar, which is the end of line, and removes it. So it's removing this 
the last new line from the from the uh, the group of lines in the in the hold space that we've pulled down into the pattern space. I suppose that's actually a bit counterintuitive because what we did was to add a add a blank line to the front of it, or said added a blank line to the front of it. We've taken one off the end of it. Well, the, the reason we did that is because we want there to be a blank line, but we don't want it on the front. We, we don't want it on the end. We want it on the front. So having done that, the we've now got pattern space with data in it. We, otherwise we'd have gone through the whole file and we'd, we'd be finished now we print it out so the effect of this has been to stash away the first paragraph of the file in the hold space to print out the rest of the file and then bring back the first paragraph from the hold space and print it out so what we see in the the output is the second paragraph of the the file followed by the first paragraph file so i hope that was clear if you're just listening to this as you're driving to work or something i think you probably had to had to struggle with this you probably even switched it off until you could look at the uh, at the notes i hope that with the notes you've actually managed to understand that this is one of the the examples that you really need to get your head around if you want to get into this level of said I will not be upset if you say, no, that's enough. I don't want to know any more about said by. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I'm just being completist and wanting to, to get to understand this myself and to share it with you. But if you don't want it, then I'm perfectly happy. So the final example then, example three. I haven't got a vast number of examples this time. My head's about to explode. I don't know about yours. I'm looking here at something I mentioned in episode two, where I was talking about the solution to the problem of joining all of the lines in a text file to make one long line. I don't know why you'd want to do it, but, you know, the question is, could you? Can you? Well, I think you can, and I think we've now got enough uh, knowledge of said to be able to do that. So let me read you my um, commands. There's uh, two command line commands, bash commands, which... I shall read out and then try and explain them. The first one consists of an a variable assignment, bash variable assignment, which begins x equals. This is then followed by a thing called a command substitution expression, which I covered in one of my bash tips episodes, some further bash tips, talked about command substitution. And the result of doing this x equals command substitution is whatever happens in the command the result of it is to be saved in the variable x well the command is a said command whoopee and it consists of said space minus ne space open quote capital h semicolon dollar open curly bracket lowercase g semicolon s slash circumflex backslash n slash slash semicolon s slash backslash n slash space slash g semicolon lowercase p close curly brace close quote and the file we're operating this on is zdemo1.txt i'll come along uh, i'll explain the said command in a moment but we're assuming that the Whatever said is done to this file is now in the variable x. We simply echo that the next line is an echo command where we we give it dollar open curly brace hash mark x close curly brace 
and this is um, a bashism, which is a way of reporting the length of a variable. The answer is 768. So let's look at the said command then, which was in this substitution. It's got a minus n, so it's no auto printing. The h command is run on every line, and this causes every input line to be appended to the whole space with a new line in front of it. We saw this already. Then we've got a dollar and a group, and that means on the last line of the file, do these commands, and the, the lowercase g command replaces the pattern space with the whole space. Okay. By this time, there will be nothing in the pattern space anyway, because we just did the h command on it, which uh, copied it away to the uh, hold space. So there's nothing of any consequence. So the g, lowercase g, pulls back the, the hold space, which in which are all the, all the accumulated lines of the file. The first s command removes the first backslash n, the first new line, from the beginning of the, the buffer. Remember that the behavior of the the capital H commands is it precedes every line. It stashes in the whole space with a new line. We don't want that one. That's an extra. So we're going to chop that one out. Then the second S command has got a G flag on it. So it's going to do this to the whole buffer. And all it's doing is it's replacing every new line with a space. When it's finished that, uh, there's a lowercase p command which prints the whole pattern space. Okay, so it'll return the pattern space which now is one long line because we took all of the new lines took the first one away, threw it away and all the other ones we turned into spaces I proved in the example that, well I told you it's 768 characters long the result of the, uh, the first first example I described. I've got a, a, another piece of scripting here which simply does the, the equivalent thing using a variable y, y equals dollar open bracket cat space said underscore demo one dot txt close parenthesis I should say. It's a problem with the way we Brits describe these brackets. <laughs> we call them brackets, you call them parentheses if you're in the US and other parts of the world. Anyway, in dollar followed by parentheses and inside the parentheses is the cat command. So it's just copying the entirety of the file said demo1.txt into the y variable. And then if we use the echo again, echo dollar open curly bracket hash y close curly bracket, we get back the number 768, which is exactly the same as we had when we ran the, the said thing earlier. I haven't printed it out. You, you can uh, try it out for yourself and see what it looks like but basically it's the whole file is one long line so not all that exciting but we solved the problem which uh, I'm sure you're very happy about okay so I thought at the end of this episode I would give you a quiz now whether you actually want to do it of course it's up to you but um, you can um, send me the if you want to have a shot at it you can you can send me a, send me the answer as a comment or as an email or wh whatever the qu the quiz is i want you to have a go at using said to turn text into pig latin pig latin is a thing from the last century i guess uh, where people used to obscure words by take it, taking the first letter and sticking it on the end and putting a a y on the end of it so pig latin becomes Ig pay atin lay. 
So the quiz is use the test data in said demo1.txt from episode 1 and convert the first line into Pig Latin. And the rules of how to do this are pretty simple. There should be, there are exceptions in the actual rules are quite complex. I think there's more than can easily be done in said, possibly done at all in said, but just to have a shot at doing them in a simplistic way. So my brief rules are take the first letter of each word, place it at the end, follow it with the letters A-Y, and thus pig becomes igpe, and Latin becomes atin lay. Don't bother with one, two, and three-letter words because otherwise you're going to be turning A, the letter A, the word A, into A-A-Y, which we don't want. I suppose you could operate on three-letter words if you want to, but um, I'd suggest you don't. Don't bother about capitals. Ideally, Latin with a capital L should become atinlay with a capital A in the lowercase l, but said's probably not the best thing to, to do that with, so I'll let you off that one. I'll do my solution for the next episode and uh, I hope that you'll be able to come up with a much better solution than I am able to do because that'll mean (laughs) you're way ahead of me with the the said. All right, enjoy. Bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.